Hello. Welcome back to the In Terms of Faith podcast. And I say welcome back because if you're listening to this, this is our third or my third podcast. And you probably heard uh, the other two as well. And um, as you know by now, we are covering a few podcasts. The, the topic of hearing from God or does God speak? And um, before I, we go back to that, I'd like to mention um, just a few things that I think it happens uh, with me and maybe it happens with you as well. I uh, usually in our conversations, in my conversations, there are, well, there are two types of conversations, right? The one we actually have and the ones we wish we have had. Uh, and that happens with me a lot. Um, I usually forget or, I don't know, get distracted uh, during a conversation. Or sometimes the conversation, uh, the way it happens, I cannot uh, quickly answer. Um, but I've had a chance a few times to, uh, whenever a conversation happens, I don't say anything. And then I think of an answer. I Sometimes I have the chance to go back uh, to that person and say, look, the other day we talked about this and this is what I think. Uh, but sometimes I cannot do that. Like um, uh, when I meet somebody completely, uh, for example, strange at the Walmart or someplace like that, I don't have the chance to uh, to talk with them again. So that that's those are examples of conversations I wish I had had. Right? Uh, I wish I had remembered this or that. And again, this podcast is a way for me, I think, to uh, to practice having these things in mind. Um, so hearing from God, let's go to our topic um, of uh, the podcast. Now, I know that uh, uh, this topic can be a little controversial. In the last podcast, I tried to define a little bit my terms, and I'll, I'll do that as we, as we go along. But... Uh, one thing for you to consider if you think I'm going the wrong direction is think about how, where do we get the idea that God speaks to us, at least in the way some Christians uh, claim, uh, hearing a voice from God or nudges from God. Where do we get this idea? So think about it. Uh, doing the podcast, doing what, I, what I'm saying here, and uh, I've provided a few Bible um, passages that I think that I know are used by these people as models or uh, proof texts to defend that position, but I think they are honestly mistaken. Um, and uh, just being sincere, just truly believing that God speaks speaks to us doesn't make it true, right? So think about. Um, why, if you disagree with me, why do you think God speaks uh, to us? And uh, think maybe of a Bible verse or Bible uh, uh, context in the Bible, a Bible character. And let's talk about that. So I'm eager to um, hear from you. As always, you can contact me uh, through my email in terms of faith 
at outlook.com and I'll try to answer. Um, maybe in the next podcast, we'll talk a little bit more of what does hearing from God mean? Because sometimes people use that sentence in a in different contexts. It, th that phrase can mean different things. Um, anyway, uh, delving now into or continuing what we uh, we talked last week or last podcast, which for me was last week. Um, last time I mentioned, uh, I think was uh, a few Bible verses that people use as uh, text proofs uh, to defend their position, uh, which was Romans 8 and uh, Galatians 5. And today, one of the things that I would like to, to go back to uh, or start is just continuing and looking, I think I mentioned the other time that uh, I'm going to look at Jesus and his own example and also in the book of Acts. So the two clearest passages about being led by the Spirit, we looked last time, Romans 8 and Galatians 5, they, they do not refer to hearing the voice of God. Um, so then we have to look at someplace else, some other passages. And the first one, uh, or, or another reason that usually Christians give this ability of hearing God's voice is a notion, which I think is correct, that we should imitate Bible characters um, and even maybe try to seek the type of experiences they have. Uh, they, after all, serve as, as, as our models, like Paul said, be my imitators as I am of uh, Christ. So what better model could we have than Jesus, right? Um, and there's one passage that I would like to spend more time on this topic of Jesus and hearing from God. It's, it comes from John, the epistle, the, uh, the gospel of John, chapter 5. And uh, the verses usually used is... Chapter 5, verses 17, and then 19 and 20. So this is a great passage. Uh, and what is uh, claimed here is, it says that the Father, and you can read the text. I won't try to read um, here in the podcast. So it says that the Father showed Jesus, and since Jesus is our model, the Father will also show to us Right? Therefore, uh, we should expect to hear from God just like Jesus did. So they say. Uh, now, it's no question that Jesus is a model to us. But um, one thing that I think is important to consider is, is Jesus our model in everything? So think about it. Is Jesus our model in everything? And also, is it possible that maybe some characteristics of Jesus' relationship with God, with the Father, might be unique. Is it possible that Jesus' relationship with the Father are unique, his uh, uh, characteristic, and, and we should not try to imitate? I think the answer is yes. Jesus, as you know, was, as, was a perfect man, 
he was also the Messiah. Now, we should, we're not trying to imitate Jesus as Messiah. Jesus was also the incarnate Son of God. We're not trying to imitate that. Uh, so I don't think uh, it's a problem to think of Jesus as a model. But uh, I think some uh, characteristics of Jesus' relationship with the Father are unique. Now, going back to the text, John 5, and trying to read a little more uh, in context or the, the complete passage, John 5, 17 through 22. It says, during this passage, uh, the Jews were trying to kill Jesus because Jesus claimed uh, that he was God, he, uh, his claim of deity. And that, that you find on verse uh, 18. And now go ahead and read for yourself. Jesus' uh, claim comes or appears on verse 17. In the night, verse 18, the Jews uh, were trying to kill him. And then Jesus answered. That's where we find verses 19 to 22. Now, uh, reading verses 19 to 22, which is uh, the answer Jesus gave to the Jews, it says, so I'm not driving now, so I can read. Jesus gave them this answer. Very truly, I tell you, the son can do nothing by himself. He can do only what he sees his father doing. Because whatever the father does, the son also does. For the father loves the son and shows him all he does. And that's the verse they cling to. Yes, and he will show him even greater works than these, so that you will be amazed. For just as a father raises the dead and gives them life, even so the son gives life to whom he is pleased to give it. Moreover, the father judges no one, but has entrusted all judgment to the son, that all may honor the son just as they honor the father. Whoever does not honor the son does not honor the father who sent him. Now, notice a few things in this passage. It's clear that Jesus says that uh, God shows him things. But uh, that's not the only thing that Jesus says the Father does to the Son. The Father, it says, raises the dead. And so the Son gives life to whom he wishes. Uh, the Father does not judge. The Son, Jesus, judges on Father's behalf. So in addition to God showing Jesus, there's also Father God raising the dead and giving that to the Son, and the Father relinquishing or, or the Father giving authority to judge to the Son. So there are at least three th uh, three things there. Are we to imitate Christ in all of these? Are we to judge people on the Father's behalf? Are we to raise the dead whenever we wish, because we're trying to imitate Jesus? And then are we to expect God to show us things. I don't think so. Jesus is unique. And those are prerogatives of the Son of God. So we should not imitate Jesus, uh, at least not based on this passage. This passage doesn't say we should expect the God to show himself to us just because he showed himself to Jesus or showed uh, things to Jesus. Otherwise, we would also try to raise the dead and also uh, judge on the Father's behalf. 
Now, what, another thing that I think is interesting is Jesus never tells his disciples to follow his example. So, these three things he does, he never tells the disciples that those are the things they should uh, seek. So, therefore, we are not to imitate Jesus' unique traits or uh, those qualities that are a part of Jesus' divinity. Jesus was God. Jesus is the second person of the Trinity. We should not, we should not try to imitate uh, Jesus in everything. Imitate Jesus in humility, in love. Uh, Jesus is our model, no problem about that, but not in uh, his unique relationship with the Father. So this is one passage that I think is uh, used in defense of uh, hearing from God and using Jesus as our model. Of course, there are other passages, but I think these other are even uh, uh, weaker than John 5. All right, the other um, passage, in fact, the other book or collection of passages that uh, is usually um, used to defend the idea of God speaking to us is the book of Acts. By reading the book of Acts, we find lots of examples of um, people hearing from God's directives and clearly do this or do that or do not do this or do not do that. And uh, Christians may appeal to uh, the book of Acts as evidence for this view that uh, private uh, revelations is an ordinary means of guidance. And that's what I mean again by hearing from God. Uh, guidance. Expecting God in every situation to guide us. Uh, and the book of Acts supposedly is an example of um, where we find several examples of private revelations in, as a means of guidance. Now, I want to uh, disclaim here, um, I'm using most of what I'm talking here comes from a book by Gregory Kuckel. And uh, I'm adapting a few things and trying to put into my own words. And I'll talk more about the book in uh, other podcasts, but it's The Ambassador's Guide to the Voice of God by Greg Kuckel. That's K-O-U-K-L. In the, in the book of Acts here, I'm going to share a few of his findings. He read, he had uh, this, um, he tackled this issue as well, and he read through the book of Acts, and I'm going to share a few of the things that he found. So when it comes to revelations in the book of Acts, he found a total of six visions, three where an angel is the messenger, uh, four where uh, the Spirit speaks, the Spirit, of God, the Spirit of God speaks. One is a prophecy, and one is the voice of Jesus. So those, all these revelations, he found them. Six visions, three through an angel, four, the Holy Spirit. One is a prophecy, and one is Jesus, uh, the voice of Jesus. Now, the other thing that Greg Coco uh, found is, even though we find several of these, they are related to just a few people. For example, two of these uh, revelations were jailbreakers or jailbreaks. Uh, two of these revelations are um, about Cornelius' conversion. Two of these, the Ethiopian eunuch's conversion. And the rest, all of the, the, these other revelations, are in relation with Saul or Paul, 
his conversion and his uh, missionary trips. So that is to say, not all these revelations here, uh, they did not happen with all Christians uh, in the early church. Those are very specific and unique situations and just a few people, uh, not with all the Christians. And another thing to notice in these revelations, uh, these all from the book of Acts, is that when we read those, we do not get a sense of an inner sensing or a nudge from God. There's no, there's not phrase like I feel led or I think God is calling me or I think God is telling me this and that. Uh, there's no uh, phrases like those which are used, usually used by Christians nowadays. There's no, I have a peace about it, so I decided to do. There are no internal promptings. These few times in the book of Acts where we get these revelations, they are clear, supernatural ways. And the word here is clear. There's no doubt. It's, a, it's either a vision or a clear voice by an angel of Jesus or the Spirit. This is point one. There's no, in these passages, there are no uh, inner sensing or internal promptings. The other point I want to make about these uh, revelations in the book of Acts is there's no evidence that these people, Paul, Cornelius, the Ethiopian, they, they were seeking revelations. There's no evidence that these revelations were sought. People were not trying to be holier or trying to connect with God or getting an answer from God, a direction from God. They just happened. They were not seeking these revelations. Uh, another uh, important thing to consider uh, when looking at the book of Acts is there are several important decision-making events in Acts where we do not read any direction, uh, clear direction by God. In other words, in the book of Acts, we find several passages where Paul, Philip, the church, uh, made decisions without direct guidance uh, from God. And those were important decisions about how or when or where uh, of the ministry. Uh, where should I preach or where should I go after? These were all, uh, they didn't expect or wait to hear a word from the Lord. They simply weighed the options in light of the circumstances and decided what to do. So a few examples here uh, from the book of Acts, chapter 8, verse 5. It says, Philip went down to a city in Samaria and proclaimed the Messiah there. So there, Philip didn't wait to hear from the Lord or a sensing. He just went to Samaria and proclaimed the Messiah. This is Acts 8, 5. Uh, Acts 15.36 and 18.23 is about Paul's missionary journeys. He didn't wait to hear from the Lord. He weighed the evidences, the, the options, and went in a missionary journey. And there are several other passages uh, uh, on this. For example, Acts 2.14 through 40, especially verse 14. Uh, this was the Pentecost uh, event. And what happens there is Peter stood up and preaches. He didn't get a nudge or an inner feeling from, from, from God. He stood up and preached. Uh, when Paul was being persecuted in Damascus in Acts 9, Acts 9.25, 9, 
they decided to smuggle out of Damascus uh, Paul. He decided to flee. He didn't wait to hear from God. He just left. Um, when in Acts 16.3, Paul chooses Timothy as a disciple and traveling companion. All of these are important decisions. And they didn't wait to hear from the Lord. They weighed the options in light of the circumstances and act. And again, there are many other passages in the book of Acts where decisions, important decisions were made without waiting to hear from God. And nowhere we find uh, phrases like uh, what people use nowadays. I think God's calling me or telling me I have a peace about it. I feel led or in a promptings, they just act. This is from the book of Acts only. In the epistles, uh, we find other uh, passages as well where actions are taken without expecting God to speak, speak directly to us. So, for example, in uh, 1 Corinthians 7, Paul is talking about marriage. And he gives the pros and cons of being single and the pros and cons of uh, being married. And then he leaves the decision for the believer. He doesn't say, and then you have to wait to hear from the Lord. There's no hint to that. He weighs the pros and cons and leaves the decision for the believer in his or her wisdom. Which is, by the way, what we should ask from God. Right? We ask wisdom from God. And then we act. In 1 Peter 4, 10-11, Peter is talking about his spiritual gifts. Now, he does not say to wait for one's calling. Peter tells believers to join him in employing their uh, spiritual gifts in works of service. And this, Peter says, is a good steward. You have your gifts, use it. Don't wait to hear from the Lord on uh, what you have to do. Um, and one that I, I found, always found interesting, and um, not many people mention, is from the Gospel of Luke. Um, right at the beginning, the first verses, he, he's writing this letter to Theophilus, and uh, he says, the, the phrase that caught me is, Luke says, it seemed good also to me to write an account about the life of Jesus. Now, it seemed good to me. That's all he says. He says that uh, several people have taken up and write an account of Jesus' life. So, it seemed good to me also to write. And he put that in paper and sends to Theophilus. Maybe not in paper, but anyway, he put that down and sent to Theophilus. Not because God told him he felt an inner sensing. It just seemed good for Luke to write. He does so, sends to Theophilus, and now it's uh, one of the Gospels. So there's no, my conclusion is there's no support for the idea of hearing from God to live optimally as a Christian. And this is my whole point. Um, it's not, I'm not limiting God in what he can or cannot do. If God wants to say something to you, he will directly, no problem. But my worry here is sometimes people uh, wait to act or to do something because they're waiting uh, to hear from the Lord or an inner sensing. And I think that's um, uh, a, a little bit misguided at least. Now, I'm, I'm saying a lot about 
what hearing from God is not. And, uh, and I hopefully you agree with me and uh, with my evidences, my Bible verses, and the way I handle them. If not, go ahead and contact. But I, in uh, future podcasts, maybe the next one, one thing I want to talk about is a better or a more biblical way uh, of decision making. I have two very good books I want to suggest uh, on this topic. One I just did today is Greg, Gregory Coco, The Voice of God, and I'll talk more about that later. But uh, uh, in the few podcasts, uh, upcoming podcasts, I would like to talk about a how how does it look like uh, Christian life, especially when it comes to decision making. Uh, what are the directions the Bible gives when it comes to a good Christian, solid uh, decision making, uh, which is not waiting uh, to to for an inner sensing or feeling or a voice from God. I don't think that's the, the biblical way. So thank you again for being with me and uh, listening to this. As always, uh, this podcast will probably continue if I hear from you. Uh, suggestions or questions, uh, agrees and disagrees. We'll use that time to talk and uh, hopefully see you next time. Probably the last uh, podcast on hearing from God. Thank you very much and see you later.